This is a podcast by the Business Times. Welcome to Wealth with BT, a podcast series helmed by the Business Times wealth editor Genevieve Kwa. It's been specially put together for those with some investing experience who are also looking to preserve and grow their wealth. Hi there, everyone. In this episode, we look into the Integrated Shield, the hospital insurance plan under the CPF. Insurance is one of the major planks of healthcare funding in Singapore. The other planks are government subsidies and Medisave, which is your own savings. As you probably know, Shield has been lost making over the past few years. But for the first time since around 2015, most Shield insurers achieved an underwriting profit in 2020. This is good news. But what exactly does this mean? Is it sustainable? And what is the outlook for your premiums? Will they be cut, stay the same, or rise? Quite a few questions there. So let's start from the basics. Shield's loss-making trend has been worrying for a few reasons. One, Singapore's population is aging. As we get older, our need for healthcare will rise. Two, healthcare inflation is significantly higher than normal inflation. Some estimated in the double digits. These two factors result in an increasing financial burden. Three, as consumers, we want to pay as little in out-of-pocket costs as possible. We want insurance to step in when we need it and premiums to be affordable. This is where the integrated shield comes in. Shield sits on top of MediShield Life which is an insurance scheme run by the CPF. MediShield Life covers everyone, even those with pre-existing conditions. It is designed for large hospital bills and class B2 and C wards. A shield plan, on the other hand, allows you the option of a higher class ward or a private hospital. The base plan differs quite a lot from MediShield Life because it will pay costs as charged after you pay the deductible and co-insurance portions. When you make a claim, the system takes first from MediShield Life before it claims from your Shield plan. But this is what has been happening with Shield. High claims rates are blamed for years of underwriting losses. An underwriting loss means that the net result for the insurer, after deducting claims and expenses from premiums, is negative. This is worrying because it raises the risk that the insurance becomes unsustainable and may have to be withdrawn or the benefits cut. Insurers have tried to address this by raising premiums, but there is a limit to how much policyholders can bear. So far, the premium rises have been steep, and for private hospital plans, in double digits. So what has happened in 2020? The short answer is... Of seven shield insurers, five are now in the black and two are loss-making. In 2019, it was the reverse. Two were profitable and five were in the red. Of the two loss-making insurers, AIA's results actually improved a lot, even though the net result is still in the red. Raffles Health is the other one. It is a newcomer to shield and incurred higher startup costs, which caused losses. Let's look into some factors which helped in the turnaround in 2020. First, there was COVID-19. 
In the effort to keep a safe distance last year, people postponed non-emergency treatments. This has helped to suppress claims, if only temporarily. In the first six months of this year, hospitalization and claims rates have slowly returned to pre-COVID levels. Second, there are now copay riders where policyholders have to copay 5% of the bill. This is yielding results. Let's backtrack here a little for backgrounding. Until 2018, insurers sold riders to cover the coinsurance and deductible portions of the bill. This made it possible for you to enjoy cover from the first dollar of charges and pay nothing out of pocket. But because of soaring claims and poor results, insurers introduced 5% copay riders in 2019. Policyholders also had to use a pre-selected panel of doctors or get pre-authorization before they seek treatment. This year, full-pay riders are effectively phased out. Copay riders aim to change consumer behavior. The logic is, if you have to pay a portion of costs, you would be motivated to take care of your health and not go for unnecessary treatments. Third is claims-based pricing. This structure is new to most insurers. It applies only to riders and not the base plan. This works like car insurance. If you stay healthy and do not claim, you enjoy a discount on your premium. If you do make a claim, your renewal premium will rise depending on your age and size of claim. Prudential pioneered this in 2017, and its experience has been positive. From losses in 2016 and 2017, its portfolio turned around sharply in 2018, and profits have risen since then. Now, if you like what you've been listening to so far, do subscribe to Wealth BT Podcast on your favorite audio apps. That's Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Google Podcasts. Great Eastern and AIA implemented claims-based pricing this year, so it's too early to see any impact on their shield portfolio. Other insurers now say they may not implement this. Income says it is still monitoring the model. Its focus is on affordability and long-term sustainability. It also says the move away from first-dollar coverage has already enabled it to lower premiums to a more affordable level. Aviva will implement a reward scheme for its Shield policyholders next year, in 2022. If customers have claimed $1,000 or less over a consecutive two-year period, they get a 15% discount. It will not raise premiums for those who do make claims. AXA also decided against claims-based pricing, although it has looked into this since 2016. Fourth is management expenses. Earlier this year, you will recall, there was a heated debate between doctors and insurers over the issues of overcharging in private health sector and the perceived exclusivity of pre-selected doctor panels under SHIELD. The health ministry has formed a task force to look into these issues. In a paper, the Singapore Medical Association argued that for SHIELD insurers, the percentage growth in commissions and management expenses has outstripped that of claims. It said, rather than blame overconsumption and overcharging for runaway costs, 
Shield insurers should try to reduce administrative and manpower costs. What I found interesting in doing the research was that Great Eastern actually cut its management expenses by more than 30% in 2020. This helped push its shield portfolio into the black from a $57 million loss in 2019 to a profit of $23 million in 2020. After my column on Shield, the Life Insurance Association clarified that the dollar value of the historical increase in claims is several times that of the dollar value of the increase in management expenses. But what of premiums? This is probably the biggest concern for you as a policyholder. The good news is most insurers are cutting premiums this year for their base shield plans and riders, but a couple are actually raising premiums. AXA will also raise premiums of its private hospital base plan and riders. Income is cutting the premium of its base plan and riders by more than 50%. But, and this is not a surprise, insurers are unable to say for sure whether premiums will rise or fall in the future. They will only say that they review premiums regularly to keep their shield business sustainable in the long run. But on a broader note, the government has announced a major change that will eventually impact shield plans. This change aims to control the cost of cancer drugs and claims under MediShield Life. Payouts for cancer drugs have risen by over 50% from 2017 to 2020. So the health ministry has created a list of cost-effective and clinically proven cancer drugs. Only the drugs on the list will be allowed for claims under MediShield Life from September next year. Shield plans coverage of cancer drugs will have to be aligned with this from April 2023. This is a major change because today, cancer drug treatments are covered on as-charged basis. The shield insurers will also have to set claim limits for each drug. This is happening because the cost of cancer drugs in Singapore is very high, about 50 to 100% higher than countries like South Korea and Australia. But the government has begun to negotiate with drug companies for better pricing for MediShield Life. The negotiations have reduced the cost of cancer drugs by 30% on average, and for some drugs by more than 60%. We'll have to wait and see how the shield insurers set their claim limits. For those of you who unfortunately suffer from cancer, do consult your doctor if you need to adjust your treatment plan. Associate Professor Dr. Jeremy Lim says shield insurers will have to take the cue from MediShield Life on cancer drug cover for two reasons. One, there cannot be a massive difference in coverage between MediShield Life and Shield because the inequity would be unacceptable. Two, as 70% of Singaporeans have an integrated Shield plan, if there is no reform for Shield, then the overall objective of cost control fails. Again, that's a lot to chew on. If you want to look up some profitability numbers for your Shield insurer, please look up my column called Mind the Gap in the Business Times website under search terms Integrated Shield. Thanks for listening. 
Please do stay safe and healthy. Don't forget to subscribe to Wealth with BT on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or Spotify, and like us and give us a rating. That was an SBH podcast by the Business Times. Find us on Spotify, Apple, or Google Podcasts, or streaming on Google Home. Do feedback to us at podcast.sbh.com.sg. You can also check out more podcasts on various topics at the Straits Times, the Business Times, and Money FM 89.3. Any financial or investment information in this podcast is for use in Singapore only and is intended to be for your general information. Any particular investment or decision should only be made after consulting with a fully qualified financial advisor.